You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. This, this is, is Talking with the Pros. The pros. Like professionals. This is Talking with the Pros with me, Jess B. I speak to the professionals in the world of audio to gain an insight into what it takes to become a pro. Talking with the Pros. All right. We have Wes Knight here, an audio production professional. So, Wes, uh, how are you doing? Doing okay. I'm a little tired, but I'm okay. Yeah, we are tired. He's beating me up, man. Oh, man. Gosh, the heat is so, it's just too much right it's now. It's way too much. It's so much. So you are doing a lot here for KUNV and we appreciate you, Thank you. but let's take it back. Tell me about you. Give me a little background about you and your schooling mm. and your major. All right. And it all started when I was born. No, um, <laughs> out the womb. Yeah, for real, from the womb to the tomb. No, I'm originally from Washington State. Mm. I'm like a transplant local now. I've been in Nevada in the southern uh, area for about 20 years now. I grew up in Washington as a young kid, so shout out Pacific Northwest homies, what's up? I moved here in 2002. I was seven years old. Aww. I've lived in Boulder City the whole time. I still mm-hmm. live there. Shout out people in BC and for everyone who's like, that's so far. It's not far. It's really not far. <laughs> you leave town, you're already on the freeway. It's a straight shot to get off on TROP and then all you got to deal, deal with is the street traffic. So as long as you don't get screwed by the lights, you're fine. It's not that far. <laughs> <laughs> we all will take the journey then. <laughs> no, it's really not that bad. If you're not used to it, sure, but like I enjoy car rides anyway cuz like I'll just be blasting my music the whole time so I forget about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I went to school out in Boulder City, graduated from Boulder City High School in 2012. What up everybody out there? Came to UNLV. It was the only school that I <laughs> it was the only school that I applied to. Uh it was the only one I wanted to go to cuz I wanted to at the time Nevada State was not nearly what it's growing to be now. Mm. Uh, CSN, I had had firsthand really rough experience with their, um, what do you call it? Their, like, their office, their... Uh, there's the enrollment process, the enrollment process okay. their mm-hmm. staffing. UNLV, however, there's so many different colleges, there's so many different possibilities and opportunities, and, and there's a lot you can find and discover if you go and look for it. So when I came here... Fall 2012 to start out. I started as an education major. I just came out of high school. I'm very much like school was like my life because how else am I going to get into college if I can't get that Millennium Scholarship mm-hmm. and get the FAFSA and get that get that Pell Grant. So like grades and GPAs and all that kind of stuff was on my mind so heavy that I was like, I think part of me didn't want to leave that that old school setting at first so i was like i can i can be a teacher like why not especially like i went into intro of secondary education had a really great professor though shout out professor haddad i don't know where he is um i don't know if he's still he's like an alma mater here but i don't know if where he is anymore but mm-hmm. he, he was a great dude you know i learned a lot in that class just from the critical educational pedagogy that he taught so shout out to him did that first semester that was what it was but i realized it wasn't for me because you know Teaching is one thing, having to navigate a bunch of red tape and deal with uh, like the politics behind the scene and like not getting 
paid well enough and you got to be dedicated to take that pay and make it work for you. Start of my second year, I was like journalism, media studies, and for no other reason than I had an incredible teacher in high school, uh, Miss Ringen, RIP, loved you to death, man. Uh, she was like, you can write, you can be a writer, you can do all this mm. stuff. Cause she was real. I, I took her for an, a composition honors class and we had to write different papers of different styles all the time. And she was always telling me like, man, you're really good. And I was like, well, you just give me a good prompt and like, let me go off. That's why you give me a good structure and I can do anything. And that's what, that's kind of what my impetus was for that. So I had very simple aspirations. I said, I want to been five years. I want to be done with school. I want to have my degree. I want to be working doing something that I love. And I was, you know, saying I wanted to have my own place and the whole thing and that the other. And some of that happened, some of that didn't. Five years later, I did have my degree in hand and and that was great. Starting out in journalism, I just kind of was taking mostly print classes because I just went all in on that writing thing. Mm-hmm. But radio, as I was taking um, the introductories for all the different like paths you can take, all the different tracks within the college. I mean, radio is a perfect fit for me because I already love music. I'm a huge music fan. Mm. I mean, everyone says that, mm. but like I really was like, I was that kid that back in the days, iPods and MP3 players, I had an insane iTunes library. I filled up like the highest capacity <laughs> iPod classic that you could get. It was like 300 and something gigs. There you go. It, I, I practically filled that thing up. Yeah. I was like, just, I was always finding new music. I would get into all these bands and I wouldn't just stop at like, oh, I know one song or one album. I would want to listen to the whole discography. Mm-hmm. I would want to like learn all about the members of the band and I would want to learn what makes the genres what they are and how they all intermingle like i was all into that i can't play music at all i don't know anything about theory you could be like oh what key is that in what notes are those i'm like i don't know (laughs) but but i just love music from that from that um i guess that consumer standpoint that listener standpoint appreciation the appreciation like i i I find it funny that you know you go through school and you can get uh, appreciation courses for like music mm-hmm. for art and these things and they're seen as like fluff classes mm-hmm. but that's where that's really where you learn that's where you learn like history mm-hmm. that's where you learn what makes stuff what it is or mm-hmm. at least the sandboxes everything plays in so you can like oh creativity with that or, or you know because every inspiration inspiration because everything it's not to say everything is a copy of everything but everything is something old with something new mm-hmm. and that's something new it's not necessarily new from the ground up but it's new from a different it's new from a different avenue it's new from a different school of thought it's new from a different approach there's so many and contextual. Yeah, exactly. There's so many there's so many ways you can you can make things out of what already exists. I, I find that much much more interesting and and gripping than having to come up with like the great the great the next great idea. Like nobody's gonna reinvent the wheel. You know, it's just not possible. So that was kind of my journey was once I got into radio, I knew that that's what I wanted to do, or at least I had a better idea. I felt more comfortable. So my very last semester of school as a student, you know, um, I think it's still this way. You know, you're a student. You have to get your experience hours for your capstone. You don't, you know, the big paper. No, just get experience. Tell people what's been like. Get some, get some hands-on stuff going on. So, I, at first, was a little worried because I was like, I'm mostly in print, but I don't want to do print for experience because I don't, I don't want to do that. That workplace environment's mm-hmm. not for me. Um, but thankfully, I, um, my coordinator was like, you don't have to do that. It just has to be within the college. And I was like, 
oh bet cool so i ran downstairs the i was i knew the the, the old gm from the time frank moeller what's up frank miss you buddy uh and i told him hey you want interns for the radio station right for the student station and he just like yeah all the time and i was like i got you can i can i like put music on the radio and he's like you want to do indie alternative or hip-hop or edm and i was like yeah you just give me the edm not no sorry give me the top 40 alternative indie you know and um he was like, I got you. And so for the whole semester, I was the assistant music director with the student station. And every week I would be listening to what gets sent to us and going through and all, oh, we're going to play this. We're going to play this. This is cool. This is cool. And I was like, man, this is awesome. Like there's a job out here where you get to put the music on the radio. I love that. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of thing that I found. I asked him later, I was like, like, Frank, what, if I want to be a music director, what does that like, what does that mean? Cause like, hierarchical thinking about this i guess mm -hmm. like what, what does that mean and he goes well that's like one of the top jobs and i was like i i guess i'm accidentally asking for a top job let's go because <laughs> my because like my shooting big yeah like i didn't mean to mm -hmm. but that's what that sure. job amounts to sure. and i'm like that's cool i just want to do something that makes me happy right if i can if i can live comfortably and i'm and i'm contributing to something that i genuinely care about for like real reasons like community radio is fantastic so it's like I'm about that. That's what I care about. So that's my journey. After I graduated in spring of 2017, there was a few years where I was not doing anything but just working. Uh, I had moved out of my, my house mm -hmm. and moved in with friends and just trying to make ends meet working. And, and that was going well, but I was kind of spinning my wheels when it comes to I'm not using my degree. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to, but like how to even start to do that. And I was getting all kinds of flustered and, and worried and everything. Um, and I just said, you know what? I know people. I should just reach out. So I reached out to Dave Norse here at the station. At the time, I believe. Shout he, out Dave. Shout out Dave, man. I love Dr. Dave, man. Uh, honestly, one of my favorite people here at the station. I love you, Dave, man. Uh, he, I had touched base with him. This was, to give you uh, some context, this was February of 2020. Oh, okay. <laughs> great, great timing. Fantastic timing. Literally had like the one of the greatest months of my life in January yeah. of 2020. And mm -hmm. I was like, man, I'm gonna, it's gonna be a great year. Mm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna carry this because I came out of a, a pull back the curtain a little bit too much, maybe. End of 2019, I had an extremely bad uh, few months of a depressive episode. Mm. And it was extremely bad. Like mm. I won't even get into it, but yeah. it was extremely bad. Yeah. January flipped around and things changed. And I was like, oh man, I have a new lease on life. Like things are possible. Mm -hmm. I can like have better control over my immediate life. Like let's go. Mm -hmm. Reached out to him. He's like, yeah, man, well hit me back and like, hit me back and like uh, later this month, we'll see what's going on. Because he was very interested in like, hey, I just want a foot in the door. I just want to like learn what there is to do. I want to help out any way I can. Mm -hmm. I just was interested. I kept touch with him and he said, hey, Everything's on pause. I'll keep you updated for when it's possible for you to come in. And then summer, I think it was summer 2020 was when it was like, hey, man, you're mm -hmm. come on campus. Came in. I started doing a lot of like little editing jobs. I started um, doing voiceovers, doing uh, putting music beds on on uh, underwriting, just like little stuff. Like I guess you'd call it grunt work. I was just doing that kind of stuff. And I was helping out uh, Kevin Crawl when he was the uh, the uh, production manager. So he kind of taught me those ropes and I did that. I came down once a week from summer of 2020 until 
um, like fall of last year when uh, Kevin moved on to a different place. Uh, shout out Kev. I think he's at Lotus right now. Good shout for out. What up, Kev? <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for everything, buddy. And I got the opportunity to kind of fill that role. Mm. And so this was a surprising opportun- uh, um, example, rather, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of getting your foot in the door, getting base experience, and then if a spot opens up, like maybe you can take it. And thankfully, I was able to. And this, that what leads me to right now, because I've been doing this job as production manager from October of 2022 to now. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's the journey, man. It was just a lot of, it was a lot of just show up, Mm -hmm. just show up. Even despite, despite my, my reservations of like, I, you know, I can't guarantee the future. I can't control much more than these range of things, you know, I'm very realist in terms of like, there's people who can like, oh, you can do anything. You can go anywhere and do whatever. It's like, yeah, you can, but you have to have mobility. Mm-hmm. You have to have like the, you have to have the room to be able to do that. You have to have the room to fail because some people don't have the luxury of failure. Mm-hmm. So um, thankfully I was able to just show up and things were stable enough in my life that I was able to keep showing up and even do it once a week. And it's still amount to something and take that time to go from an unpaid uh, volunteer to now being on staff and getting to truly uh, learn my field and learn my trade and just go on from there. So end goal, I suppose, is still I want to be a music director mm-hmm. uh, like Kim here at the station. Shout out, Kim. Love you so much, man. Uh, do what she does. Like yeah. Whoever that is, that's what I want to do right now, being a production manager recording our shows and doing the FM shows, doing the student shows, all that stuff. That is, you know, that's what I'm doing now, but I'm hoping I can put that all in my toolbox and then add more to it so I can be uh, in a different position down the road. So just the love of music that that really brought you into the field of radio Mm -hmm. and just your vast knowledge and your, your wide, like eclectic you know thank you appreciate your music love and (laughs) just also just sharing that with me yeah and i know we also share the love of city pop yeah yeah so just knowing that you're like the man to go to for like (laughs) all of those like those goodies i want to let you know it was it was honestly a lot of fun when you told me that you wanted to get your Mm -hmm. your show off the ground and and start building that music library I was pumped because I was like, man, I've like, I, I, I'm the kind of person like it's like reverse gatekeeping. I'm like, no, 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 come in, enjoy what I like, like what I like, oh, you know. Okay, yeah. I so when you were telling me when you brought up city pop, and mm-hmm. I was like, that's kind of a niche genre to like. It's getting popular, but like mm-hmm. it's it's still pretty like online. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. And I and I knew because I had records in my collection, and I was like, oh man, if I can help you in any way. So when you told me like, hey, what 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 should we put on? I was like, here's this list and everything. No, it really meant it. It really creatively. It was so much fun mm-hmm. to be able to sit there. This is me like off hours at home, pulling records off my <laughs> shelf, writing everything down, 
the sending you links to find the audio and all wow. that stuff. Yeah. Just being like, oh, this is so cool because people are going to hear this. Mm-hmm. And that's really what that's that's what gets me to do it. You know, people get motivated by like, oh, I'm making all this money. It's like, no, I'm getting people to listen to these funky bass lines, man. Oh, like, man. They're, they're, they go hard. They go hard. <laughs> they go hard. Who would who would think that a who would think that a a fusion mm-hmm. of of mm-hmm. the of the not cringy parts of disco mixed with boogie and funk and AOR mixed with like Japanese pop sensibilities and jazz fusion all together yeah. it would make this insanely awesome mixture that just i i once heard it described as like you're listening to it and it's a it's a nostalgia for a time that you may not have directly experienced, yeah. but you can place yourself in that, and it kind of feels like warm and cozy and like fun. It, yes, it it's, really does. It's the perfect summer and spring music. It mm. really is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's stuff like that, man. Like I just I love, I just love music, and I get to be adjacent to it with these talk shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's so much fun. Like, I, I I really I really enjoy being able to contribute to the soundtrack of other people's lives because mm-hmm. that's what I've been doing my whole life and why not spread that? Right. And I love how you say reverse gatekeeping. Yeah. Y- just sharing. Like, that's what radio is about. It's yeah. like getting to hear those songs mm-hmm. that you didn't know and then like diving into those artists and mm-hmm. you take that to a personal level because yeah. that that's where your love and your passion is. Yeah. So I can definitely see you just deep within the the archives of records and CDs and now that we have like everything digital, digital access. So just like the possibilities. The possibilities are endless, man. I, I, if I didn't have to worry about anything in terms of like, uh, earning a living and I could just, (laughs) and just do the free time and, and like use my free time outside of the station to, to do whatever mm-hmm. it would my free time would be filled up with nothing but like reading books a lot of them about music and then diving into my uh I use my my Spotify library mm-hmm. like you know how you can save a whole album I use that to be like I'm going to come back to that I'm going to come back to that mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to check all this stuff out and it's like thousands of records now it's I can I I am giving myself a laundry list I can never possibly uh, complete, but I I genuinely would do that if I had that time. Yeah, because that's how much I care and how much I'm like, no, everything is everything when it comes to music. Like we can bring in all this stuff and broadcast it to all these people, especially in college radio, especially when the name of the game is yeah you know, we have to report to the charts and so on and so forth. But there is so much room for that eclectic mix and. Listen, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Like, why not? I love that. Yeah. And you're just really good, too, at, like, the labeling, like, <laughs> the details and the organization. Thank and you. Yeah. Just go ahead and tell us about how you, not only did you fill up that uh, MP3 player oh. back in the day, but you had all of those details with the album and oh the, the year I, okay and okay the okay so yeah. i was i was a i was a fiend on that metadata i really metadata. was i really was and <laughs> it's like the dumbest thing it's so goofy but like i it was i like it tailored my itunes library to be a certain way so this is this is like the 2000s and the t- and the early 2010s this is this is like it's not old but technology ages so quickly that it's technologically old mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. um this was 
you know, if you had the CD and you had the internet access, you could just rip the info straight from the disks, but a lot of stuff was online only, so you're dealing with MP3 files. And so I was going through and making sure, like, I at least wanted the specific stuff. I was like, I'm like, I need the artist to be a certain way. I need the genres to be laid out a certain way. Everything has to have the album artwork. I mean, this is before you could just be like automatically generate the album artwork from a database or something. This was, I pulled a JPEG off of Google Images wow. and, dra and dragged it into the files mm -hmm. just so when I have it in my pocket and I pull up the tracks and it loads up the info of the song, mm -hmm. oh man, there's the album artwork. And I cared about that. No one else did. And it, honestly, it doesn't matter. It really is to your preference. But I was just always about, I really, I don't know. I just have always had like a librarian's or mm -hmm. an archivist's mind when it comes to the things I care about and Very I love. Cool. If you if you were to see my room at home, it's it's my shelves of my DVDs and my Blu-rays. They're alphabetized. My record collection, it's al almost 500 albums. It's alphabetized. My my collection of like retro game consoles and all that stuff, everything has its place. The systems are organized and then everything is alphabetized that way. Right. Like I, I'm just a fiend for that kind of stuff. It, it's it's not a mess if it's organized. Right. <laughs> so. And that, that whole mindset though, just will carry over to again like your love and your passion and then your ultimate goals here um, oh yeah oh yeah music director yeah. i didn't realize now building up that show how much even though like okay you just think about the song being played on the air mm -hmm. but you know you still need that metadata you, you need yeah. those cut ids yeah. you need the file name to be a certain way you need to have it in the correct like we label by library whereas that kind of translates into a layman's terms as like the genre mm -hmm. basically or the category but yeah you need to have all that stuff so I, I remember being when i was first starting to help out here and i was kind of helping out with going through our library and making sure like links weren't dead uh the the uh artifacts were where they're supposed to be those kinds of things um and people were like man this is like this is like grunt work grunt work this is data entry this is like real real <laughs> like people found it boring you know mm -hmm. and i'm just here like let me get this one like <laughs> keep typing it, keep typing <laughs> like yeah 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 like it it wasn't glamorous work and yeah it burns me out too after a time mm. but it was it was it was i knew i knew i was looking at the big picture of when this is done this is going to be like the most well-organized right. music library in the entire state you know what yeah. i mean like if i take it upon myself to know that Someone else doesn't care, but I can. Mm -hmm. I, I can care. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I brought that into this position, actually, when I first was like, hey, man, you're going to be taking that, uh, that production manager spot. Hey, let's clean up these... Uh, Let's clean up this uh this student drive that we keep all our shows on. Let's let's clean up this back end and and our filing system. And so mm. uh, Jason put me on that and just mm -hmm. said, "Hey man, clean things up." And I was like, "Okay, can do." And then you know a week later he was like he was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Yeah." And he yeah. goes, "He's like, I'm glad you care." And I'm like, "I'm glad that you care that I can." Like, yeah. You've you've given me the space to actually mm -hmm. be able to do that. Whereas a lot of people would try to clean up those details and they would be like that's not worth the time that's a waste of i'm like how is it a waste to know where things are mm -hmm. how is it a waste to be able to say like okay what do we have on tap because you know it's it takes it takes due diligence every single day to as you're constantly moving things making new stuff moving things out moving things around mm -hmm. you got to know what you're doing you got to you got to be up on 
where things are and what where they're going and and making sure that you know where something lives so it can be it doesn't get lost to time it doesn't get lost in the ether because we are kind of taking back piggybacking off of what you were saying about everything going offline or online Mm -hmm. where when we lose uh, when things go online it's easy for those original sources to get lost in the shuffle as technology advances and 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 uh like for lack of a better term like cloud services are not uh 1000% reliable the same way that the library of congress works where there's physical media there's physical books there's physical CDs there's physical um you know anything you keep that and then suddenly well someone has it somewhere so you know, a bunch of stuff gets taken off of streaming services because people want tax write-offs. Well, people have DVDs at home. That still lives on somewhere. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that, if that gets phased out, if that goes away, then nobody gets it. doesn't matter if people want to be, wanna be uh, you know, selfish and greedy and care for, about the money. Fact is, is that piece of creation is gone. That piece of art is gone. And that can't be recovered. And people can be inspired to make new stuff, mm-hmm. but that original thing that was its own specific uh, intermingling of influences and creative ideas, that's gone. And like, that's, that's horrible. So, I mean, I guess that's how my kind of creativity goes into the, what you can see is all oh, the back end of messing with met- metadata and, and all the, the grunt work and the the and the and the the ones and zeros as it were so. well the file organization really just keeps everything moving and going along like mm-hmm. if we're spending time busy looking for things and then it takes time away from what we really want to accomplish precisely work smarter not harder so <laughs> if you can set stuff to either be automated or you just get it done and then you maintain it mm. once you fix it then you can maintain it mm-hmm. and maintaining stuff is a lot easier than having to like than having to like pick up the pieces and clean up the mess in the first place. The hard work is at the front. Mm-hmm. The easy work is at the tail end once once you've like once you've like put in I don't know how how better to phrase it, but you do the difficult work to start out and then you make you set yourself up for ease down the line and you just keep that going. I think that's a much better way to go about workflows and quote unquote productivity mm-hmm. than constantly feeling like you're behind the eight ball and you're racing just to juggle a million things and then barely sleep. Right. It's just I can't function like that. So I'm trying to make any aspects of my life um, <laughs> streamlined. Streamlined. Mm-hmm. Uh, r- r- like streamlined without losing the fat. I don't want to get I don't want to make just because something is streamlined doesn't mean it has to be shallow and surface level. Mm-hmm. So I kind of try to keep that mentality. Right. And as a professional audio production you're really just maintaining the ship here. Yeah. You're, you're really on the control board, driving the ship. And so we appreciate you. And I just thank you so much. Thank you. Wes, for coming. Is there anything, any parting words of advice that you would like to tell us about in terms of the audio world? When you feel like, if you feel paralyzed by the, sometimes the bleak reality of, the world that we live in where it seems like why even bother trying? It seems hopeless to take one step because, you know, the future is unwritten and unguaranteed. Mm -hmm. And if you're paralyzed by that fear of instability, like I often am, the very best you can do is just show up. Just try. Don't think about whether or not it's going to work. 
Don't think about whether or not it's going to go well. Don't think that if something doesn't go exactly the way you feel it should or the way that provides you the most immediate sense of safety and security, Mm -hmm. it's okay because what's important is that you tried. It's not a waste of time if you learn something. Outside of music, my other favorite thing in life is pro wrestling. Absolutely. If I wasn't in in music, I would find a way to be involved in that business. I love it. Um, I'm going to shout out two wrestlers for giving sage advice that uh, I feel they truly believe in, so they bring it to TV. One is Willa Nightingale. She always says, uh, life sucks, smile anyways. D- like being rebelliously optimistic, be like the chaotic good, that kind of thing. I'm all about that. Other part is Eddie Kingston, the realist in wrestling, um, has always said that wrestling saved his life. In a lot of ways, it saved mine in, in, in personal ways. And he always says, you either win or you learn. And I think that that is much more powerful and usable than that whole win or lose mm-hmm. thing. Because a lot of times, I don't know about you, but failure was not well tolerated in my life and is still something I struggle with to be able to give myself grace when failing and making mistakes. I live my life trying to like minimize my mistakes because it's been unfortunately drilled into me that like you get one shot and if you met and if it gets messed up, then like, Hmm. oh, well, or personal failing or you should have this you should have that and that's not the way it's supposed to go like you're supposed to learn from failure you're not supposed to have it lorded over your head like there's something inherently wrong with you as a person like you got to give yourself the the grace and the space to make mistakes so you can learn better and because you have more knowledge you can do better not because you're performing but because you actually can pull from experience that's i think that is the way to do it i don't do learn better do better i'm trying to do something akin to forget learn better do better it should have been learn more grow wiser Mm. i feel like we should be education and empathy and not fear and judgment Mm. and that's what i'm about so i think i can do that through music and sharing it with others Mm -hmm. because everyone needs a soundtrack for their lives and that's what i'm here for yes All right, Wes, thank you so much. That's awesome. I really appreciate you. Thank you again for coming out today. And let's take that advice and, you know, let's learn. I love learning. I'm glad. (laughs) All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's episode, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available, like Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Talking with the Pros with me, Jess B. I love you, and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye.